Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. World Podcast with your host Ryan and Brandon here. We are excited to get back to work after our 100th episode, number 101 here. Kind of doing a little reinventing, a little, if you want to say that. Not changing too much. Diversifying, uh, right? Yeah, I mean, that's a good way to say it. You know, just trying to, you know, keep keep you all entertained. Because uh, contrary to popular belief, it is kind of hard to just talk about stuff. <laughs> uh, for how many hours do we got? Like... I mean, we do what I would say an average of 50, let's call it uh, an like 100 hour, hours an or hour, so. So we got 100. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we're going. We're, we're going <laughs> steady and we are excited about this whole thing. Um, you know, our last episode was all about the New World Order. Brought a bunch of our good friends on. Uh, some weren't able to make it, but, um, you know, always a good conversation when you're just kind of getting a bunch of minds together and finding out what us as the peasants can kind of uh, come come to uh, a conclusion on with, you know, different different thoughts and different ways of um, just, you know, our different lives, different minds bring different ideas to the table. So that's kind of what we wanted to build off of was the New World Order. Um, a big, big part of that, obviously, is the central banks, IMF, World Bank, the Fed, which I kind of wanted to focus on today because somebody's got to pay for all the all the bullshit that's going on, right? And someone needs to uh, create taxes and uh, you know just kind of keep us like you know I think Mark said it in our last episode not too sick, not too healthy. The IMF, the central banks, seems like they want to make it so that the average person isn't too wealthy and they're not too poor so that they can't pay for these goods and services that we are constantly shoved down our throats. Therefore, uh, vote uh, vote Bernie. Break up those big banks, right? There you go. I mean, hey, I would rather have Bernie than Biden. I'll tell you that right now. But, dude, you know, like, we're always getting sold to. And I saw this ad when I was scrolling through trying to do some research on this on YouTube. By the way, no good information on YouTube about the central banks. Like, I had to go and just read. And you know how I feel about reading. <laughs> Um, but I just, just read constantly. I, I read probably like six hours worth of shit, which is six hours more than I want to do right. on on the Fed. But I, I found some really good information. But while I was looking through YouTube, this ad popped up for some custom clothing company. And the shirt that they showed said Dean on it. Like the shirt, it was like, it's a Dean thing. You wouldn't understand something like that. And it was just like a basic like... <laughs> Weird thing, but it was catered to me, dude. Uh -huh. It was kind of weird. I was like, fuck, man, they're <laughs> they're really tapping in now. But what do you know about the central bank, the Fed specifically? Um, I'm sure you heard of Jekyll Island. We'll get into that a little bit. Um, the the heavy players. But in my opinion, dude, this this is kind of like the head of the snake or like, uh, you know, that, that body that all these tentacles of globalization kind of lead back to uh what are your thoughts on on the fed specifically kind of kind of a black box of uh who the hell really knows what is going on up there right yeah. i mean a lot of people will uh, uh will we'll, we'll, we'll speculate will try to say that they know it and then as soon as you talk to any economist like you you start realizing the questions that are still out there the bare bones like it's almost like the the, the nutrition studies at this point it's like well we have a whole, we've had a whole bunch of things that have just shaken our understanding of what these players can can do, especially in the last fifty years. So um, this it, it's either it's, these things are either great wells for goodness to for good things to happen from, because in the best ventures that we can come up with, whatever charities we want to think about, uh, whatever private companies we want to think about that are good, they are at some point coming to people. Uh, at this level, right? Uh, you know, Deutsche Bank is, is is a big one where there's this nexus uh, from the far eastern world and the far western world uh, coming together. So there's there's specific examples like that. So, and a lot of people would support what Deutsche Bank has has uh, supported at least in the last seventy years. But so they're either these huge 
uh, funding wells for good things to happen. And just as easily, you can spin them as huge troughs of treasure chests for people to do dastardly deeds with because uh, they aren't done uh, done dirt cheap, right? Um, so, you know, it, it, in, the BI, in the eye of the beholder and also mark the fact that once you actually start talking about what uh, these banks do, how they work with other players in the economy, a lot of people, they start to, they, they, they start talking like they know what they're talking about and then they head her off at the end when they're starting when they end up making their points because they start talking about well I, i'm not quite sure about this i'm not quite sure about this but my main point my main idea about them is such and such so for sure dude i mean like so where do we want to start with this i mean i, I feel like it's fair to i mean uh, most of the people that are looking into the type of shit that we talk about they are familiar with the fed uh, Federal Reserve. It's not like in that movie. Uh, what is it? The other guys were like, we're going to lock him up in the Federal Reserve. <laughs> and fuck, you know what I mean? Like that fucking Mark Wahlberg thinks it's a jail. But I mean, the Federal Reserve, um, or again, like I said, it's the it's most commonly called the Fed. It's a privately owned central bank. So this isn't part of the government. Contrary to what you will read online, it's technically its own private entity. Now established by Congress in the early 20th century, of right? Course, but, but, the, but definitely yeah. private. No one, no one argues that. I think. Well, yeah. that's the thing that people do argue. And I've, I've had several conversations about this where um, the people that got together on Jekyll Island uh, off the coast of Georgia, it's an elaborate club. We'll get into Jekyll Island a little bit uh, in the middle here. Um, these people wrote their own laws and they, they lobbied Congress to pass it. So, yeah, I mean, it's essentially like, yeah, you can go in there, you can buy laws and you can buy things into existence. These people in Congress that passed it, uh, I think Alexander Hamilton was a big part in the first couple. I think that we've had three uh, central banks in our history in the United States. Uh, the previous two only lasted 20 years each. And this one's still going strong, uh, you know, creating, again, that debt and uh, controlling interest rates and all this other stuff. But uh, it's really important, too, to know that, I mean, the Fed is is the primary reason that the government back in the day wanted to get us off the gold standard. Because when your money is backed by something like gold, silver, uh, oil, which it's, you know, up for debate, I guess, if our, if our dollars are, are based on oil. It's a fiat currency that we have. Um, which is scary enough, like translated, just... Whatever we say goes. That's what fiat is, right? Like exactly. It, it, it is as we say. <laughs> well, some interesting stuff about the petrodollar idea is that um, the House of Saud, they partnered up with the Fed, and they made it so all money when you're buying oil has to be converted to dollars. So this is what gives the dollar that base currency. Uh, this is why it's such a staple. Um, but, I mean, you can look right at the top of your dollar bill uh, if you have any of those dinosaurs anymore. It says right at the top Federal Reserve note. It used to say... $1 in gold or $10 in gold or, you know, which we'll get into later, $1,000 in gold, $10,000 gold. There were $1,000, $10,000 bills back in uh, the early days specifically for banks, similar to like what a Bitcoin is today, where it's so highly valued, people aren't going to be trading in full Bitcoin. So they're going to be moving those among banks and among countries so that they can do massive, massive transactions for land, businesses and so on. But, um, dude, I found this interesting with the founding uh, members of it. Um, you got, like, New York, Paris, London, Hamburg, Germany, Rome, and Italy. Um, out of New York, you've got, like, the ones that we're familiar with. Goldman Sachs family, the Rockefellers, the Lehmans, the Kuhn Loebs. And Jacob Schiff is this shady-ass dude that got involved with the Kuhn Loebs through uh, marriage to Teresa Loeb. Um, so I'm going to really break him down uh, later in the episode just because I can't prove that he's related to Adam Schiff, but we're you know, for the sake of conspiracy, we're going to say he is. OK, okay. <laughs> um, and then so Paris and London, you've got the Rothschilds, big fans of them. Right. And then the Lazards, they're only in Paris, uh, Hamburg, Germany. You've got the Warburgs. Warburg played a huge part. I believe his name was Paul Warburg. Um, and then in Rome, I've never heard of this family, the Israel Moses Seifs. I wonder if they're Jewish, uh, you know, but that those guys, they, the, the lot of those eight families, they own the four horsemen of banking. And this is really topical because we are heading into the end times here. So the four horsemen of banking are, as you could probably guess, Bank of America, JP Morgan Chase, Citigroup and Wells Fargo. And getting back to the oil and the petrodollar. Those four banks own the four horsemen of oil, which is Exxon, uh, Exxon Mobil, sorry, uh, Royal Dutch or Shell, as most of us know, 
British Petroleum, and then Chevron or Texaco. And when you say we, they own them, these companies have most of their money in these banks, which allow the banks to operate at such a high capital, right? It gives them the, the type of credit of, hey, we're dealing with these big-ass companies. You can come to us. And also the amount of money that these companies are putting in makes it just to where they have the kind of like you can get, no one can just call in no one if the entire country just called in all their debts at one time the banks just just don't have that right sure but having these kinds of clients give them the credibility the center of that that trust in the in the dollar at this point to say hey we can we can play at this level <laughs> and if you got some money you can come to us too well, of course, man. I mean, like back when uh, in, in uh, I think, what, 2008, when the banks went, crashed, you know, when the economy went belly up, these major banks, I think Bank of America was had to go to Warren Buffett specifically to get bailed out. I mean, imagine having that kind of power where a bank has to come to you and be like, Brandon, can you loan us some cash? Because yeah. our people are needing money and they're not trusting us right now. So, you know, Warren Buffett's obviously up there as well. Um, just not one of these old money dynasty type families. And not just the oil companies, but these, I mean, you know, you made a good point there where these banks don't own the oil companies, but they are 10% or, or top 10 uh, shareholders in the companies. So like, you know, they, they definitely can influence those companies heavily. Uh, any, you know, publicly traded company, there's not one owner anytime a company has shares. Um, but these, these families, the four horsemen banks own virtually every Fortune 500 company, all the companies traded on the S&P um, you know, the Dow, all the big, big companies, you can name it. If you can, you know, if you've shopped there, if you've done business with McDonald's, Walmart, any of these, you're doing business with these four horsemen. Um, you can also see who owns these companies um, just just by kind of, you know, going to their pages and, and checking shit out. But it's also kind of scary, dude, if you file for a Freedom of Information Act to see who owns the Fed, you'll you'll be denied that on grounds of national security which is interesting because most of these shareholders are actually Europeans um but when you realize that JP Morgan played a major role in the centralization of banking they set up uh John Pierpont Morgan himself actually set up this meeting on Jekyll Island with the uh I believe it was six high ranking bankers just badass bankers with tons of money tons of knowledge tons of inside information um, JP Morgan played a major role in this, in this centralized centralization of banking. And, um, you know, the house of Morgan actually caters to the Astors, the DuPonts, the Guggenheims, the, uh, Vanderbilts, Rockefellers. So it's reasonable, I'm not saying it's factual, but it's reasonable to claim that those families own the fed, right? I mean, would you say that that's out of line to say if, if, they're well, kind of catering to them. I think the way that you stated it is exactly right. Like it's this this in and of itself is not proof, but you can. It's almost like you you have the motive here, right? You don't have the, sure. the smoking gum gun, but you have the motive, uh, the mechanism for them to do the kinds of things that they would do if they owned the Fed. Yeah, definitely, dude. And like that Jacob Ship character I was mentioning, he uh, he died back in 1920. Um, he's a major shareholder in the Fed as well, and this is why I kind of tend to think that Adam Schiff had his little rivalry with Trump because he may be the heir to the the Fed shares uh, fortune. You know what I mean? Like, again, not provable, but interesting at the very least. And um, like I said, the reason that I brought up the oil in the beginning was because the House of Saud actually controls up to 80% through another uh, bad actor named J.W. McAllister of the New York branch of the U.S. Central Bank, which is the most powerful, undeniably the most powerful uh, branch in the U.S. central banking system. And the corporate media intentionally covers up the bank's undertakings and ridicules its critics intentionally just because, you know, if you're doing that long enough, you're going to kind of like play down the whole thing. You're going to make people feel guilty about questioning and uh, you're going to make people look like asses. So you're, 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 you brought up, I want to clarify one thing here. So you brought up that the, the house of sod is controlling 80% of, I think it's, what is it? The world's oil supply. Is that what the claim is? Yes. Well, 80% of the, uh, New York branch of the fed. So how, how, because a, a, a liberal, uh, skeptic sh- just straight line through it is then questioning, um, look at the, look at the reforms that Biden and the entire green movement are making. Uh, against companies uh, that have these huge stakes in oil 
to, in, in your mind, it doesn't then disprove that they have these companies as uh, best futures in mind, right? What, how do you how do you square his uh, critique of the oil and carbon emitting uh, industries? Uh, yeah, I'll tell you how this uh, how this green shift is going to go. Look at Texas; they're trying to do shit with green power over there. Wind turbines freeze. Right. Uh, it's not as efficient, and you're putting out just as much pollution harnessing that electricity. And that's a that's even Rick Perry who started that. He said uh, his his energy plan was all of the above. Right. So you don't just want oil. Yeah. You don't of course want not. Just solar. You want to, to to diversify as much as possible. Well, dude, I mean, uh, I heard this on Louder with Crowder. Um, this this comes from petroleum this stuff comes from petroleum like all anything plastic anything rubber yeah these are these There's are so many things in your house that are oil, from petroleum they're oil companies but they're also a lot of material manufacturing which sure. is plastics and plastics is a motherfucker of a seller right that's the main way that we just ship stuff i mean they're making everything from what's in the crates that it's being uh, to uh the, yeah to the crates themselves yeah. right of course dude. so that's the problem um dude it's all theater to me you know what i mean when we see the like how the way Biden is uh, allegedly selling our power grid pieces of it to China. That's not a good idea. You know, um, when when asked about it, Jen Psaki or whatever the fuck her name is, is saying like, you know, I'm not going to answer that question. I'm not going to deal with these stupid questions. Instead of just being like, no, that's preposterous. You know, you can you can dance around that question instead of just not answering. And it adds to the conspiracy theory. So it's just. Dude, you know how I feel about that whole administration and what they're doing. We will see, dude. I hope that they do good things, and I hope I'm proven wrong, but the way that it's gone so far is just not looking good. I saw a fucking article right now. Um, Biden predicts when the uh, when the pandemic's going to end, so we'll see uh, how that goes. I didn't read it because I don't. I can't stand looking at his face. <laughs> he when you see him online, dude, when like if you type in like U.S. presidents, he looks so fucking stupid as the 46th president. He like he even looks confused. He's just looking up like a fucking dementia patient. And all the other ones, they look like either tough or they're smiling. And it's just like, it's a joke, dude. It's a fucking joke. And yeah, maybe, maybe uh, you know, I think that Biden's kind of a puppet. Uh, more so than others in the past, especially than our last president. It seemed kind of like a, a, a wild card, if you will. But... I mean, dude, we're going to see. We will see, obviously. Um, but, you know, the green energy push is not going well in Texas. Um, people are without water, without power. And coincidentally, they're hitting a massive, massive cold front, which is fucking a lot of people over, man. My, my idea, just hearing you talk about that, is almost like the blue side wants to push for more green so that we have problems like these and then realize like oh shit we actually need that old school stuff why don't we go back to to exxon and chevron that's i mean that's a very realistic thing you know what i mean like just showing that's that's the theory about why biden is in office you know all these people that say that uh trump is actually currently the president and he's just letting us see how bad things can get you know happy president's day uh, by the way yeah did you see that no one uh it was like 10 it was what was it Ten thousand people tuned into biden's speech on youtube and eight hundred eighty-two thousand, eight hundred eighty-two thousand watched the trump parade on president's day oh, shit. so like the numbers there like how did biden get that many votes no one's fucking watching him no one cares um i mean it, it, we'll see we'll see what happens man um, but this isn't a political episode, even though we're talking about the Fed. Um, where do we leave off, man? We were talking about. Uh, I wanted to get into Jekyll Island. Well, yeah, let's get let's get out into some of these mechanisms. So the central bank being formed. You said you you got it here as being formed in 1913. So that's just uh, just at the at, at the rumblings of World War One, right? Where a whole bunch of stuff is getting realigned in about 40 years here. Well, yeah, dude, but the thing is, it started with Jekyll Island. Okay. So with Jekyll Island, this meeting was in 1910, and it wasn't acknowledged until 1930 when Nelson Algich, who threw the meeting together, along with, um, I think, his name, I don't know what the A stands for, A. Pyatt, Andrew, Henry Davidson, Arthur Sheldon, Frank Vanderclip, maybe a Vanderbilt, and uh, Paul Warburg. And again, as I mentioned in the earlier part of the episode, it was arranged by J.P. Morgan, who was not present. But he got them into this Jekyll Island uh, club, most elitist club. Uh, you cannot access it if you're not uh, an aristocratic type person. You can't you can't just waltz in there. Um, but Aldrich and Davidson chose these members because of their banking expertise. Um, but you know they knew the connections to Wall Street would possibly may, may not make it look so good to Congress to the people. So this meeting was, I mean, in their mind, they had no choice but to do it in secrecy. And they told everyone, even their families, 
uh, that it was just like a duck hunting trip. You can imagine these guys are like, oh, yeah, it's just a duck hunting trip for a fucking week. And, like, you know, according to them, they worked harder than they'd ever worked in their life. Minimal sleep, uh, maximum amounts of work. And they didn't share their full identities with the staff. Um, only only dealt with each other in first names, which is interesting because you'd think that they'd know who each other were at the very least. But the staff didn't know. Um, everyone met one by one in Aldrich's private train cart. Uh, when everyone's freezing cold, I think in New Jersey, and uh, just hop on this this private train cart and leave everyone in the dust to go and plot their uh, future grandchildren, great great grandchildren, and further of uh, just plotting their destruction. Man, everything's legal in New Jersey. Yes, um, you know the who's who of banking, dude. Just just getting together to create this scheme uh, where this company, the Fed, could print money on demand, remove themselves from the gold standard making money truly worth what the government and the world confidence is in it. Um, along with like, you know, what, what else? Setting interest rates, uh, control how much money's in circulation and so on. So it clearly was some sort of a plot. They, like I said, they didn't acknowledge that they even did this until 20 years later. Um, truly immoral thing about it, in my opinion, is that it's a private company, um, never been audited. That's a, a fun fact for you. And, um, I mean, no actual branch of government, yet we consider it the government. It's called the Fed. I mean, it'd be like you, you know, opening up like a, a fucking dispensary called the White House, and then people actually believe that it's connected to the White House, so much so that they trust everything that you do and say, and your policies are, are honored by the world. Yeah, but politics is the art of who gets what and where and when, and sometimes it deals with the why. It's strange to me that such a base political, uh, you know, powerhouse is it's de it's definitely political, right? You, like you, you to we toy around with the ideas. It is absolutely political. Like Janet Yellen, uh, who I, we we often talk about um, as a head of uh, Biden's was it uh, the the Secretary of Treasury. Now she used to be yeah. the 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 head of the Federal Reserve. Right after they're, Ben Bernanke, yeah, yeah, they're all they're all they're swimming in the same soup with with these kind of banks too, because right? they. They're controlling the streaming. They're the ones who are meant to be throttling things. So it's a political thing, but it is not beholden at, I mean, at all. This is what Trump was struggling with. Like when he was, all he, yeah. could, all he could do was talk shit about the leaders, not really do too much about it, even though it is such a, a political powerhouse. Yeah, man. I mean, people were calling him a tyrant. He could have gone in there and just fired them, probably, maybe. I don't know. Exactly I mean, he, if, he could, if he could have, he, he didn't. I think he For does, sure. I think he does serve at his uh, uh, appointment. He was he was there since Obama, but he serves at the president's pleasure. He just never. Who's that? Ben Bernanke or? No, the, uh, the head of the. Yeah, uh, Ben Bernanke. And then also. Back then, Yellen. Yeah, um, Yellen does. Yeah, yeah. Jerome something was the head under Trump. Yeah, yeah. I forget his last name. But, I mean, dude, it's it's just, it's immoral, dude. It's clearly immoral. I mean, they say that this isn't a conspiracy. It's literally the definition of conspiracy. It's people meeting up to commit unlawful or immoral shit. Uh, you know, and it, I mean, dude, they've made their own laws. They made their own laws to pass themselves into existence. And they made their own laws ever since. I can't stress how interesting it is that they've never been audited. Um, this guy that wrote the... Uh, What's that fucking book? Rich Dad, Poor Dad? That Robert Kiyosaki? Hmm. Uh, he's got a great quote here. The Federal Reserve is not American, not federal, has no reserves, and is not a bank. It's controlled by some of the richest and politically influential families in the world. It has the power to create money out of thin air. Institutions like the Federal Reserve have been staunchly opposed by designers of the Constitution and by presidents such as George Washington and Thomas Jefferson. Now, Alexander Hamilton, who... I didn't realize was not a president until I was doing this research. He was a secretary, secretary of treasury, treasury. Found, founded the first of uh, 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 federal like federal bank. Yeah, he was. Well, he was the secretary of treasury under George Washington. So he totally yeah. went against his morals. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like just probably for some good money. Thomas Jefferson was a was a staunch critic of it. I think Andrew Jackson was, too, if I'm not mistaken, uh, who they're trying to take off the 20 to replace with Harriet Tubman. Um, which I'm not against. I mean, we can we can throw whoever we want on this. We money. can tell by and the it, tone in your voice that you're not against that. Well, dude, and it's funny that they're trying to do it when money's like dead. Like cash money is gone. You know what I mean? Like at Walmart, at some locations, you can't even pay in cash anymore. So like, yeah, we'll throw this bitch on here. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's like kind of like a, a, a spit in the face to 
people that have been trying to get a person of color or it's you know a, dude there's a token uh, it's a token system exactly right? dude yeah, there's yeah. so many people and they, they could have done this so long ago like dude i don't think anyone would oppose like martin luther king being on a 20 or uh you know someone like trump that. was trump was the one who held off uh, tubman though what do you mean Trump uh, said, no, 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 we're going to keep Jackson on because he said he liked him so much, remember? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, uh, Jackson was against the Fed, and Trump was a very, very uh, against the Fed, too. Still is, I'm sure. And, um, you know, it's just, to me, it's just, it's kind of interesting. So we wanted to get into the the formation of the central bank, as you were saying, formed in 1913. Uh, interesting, the same year that J.P. Morgan died and the Rockefeller Foundation was formed. Now, I always thought that J.P. Morgan was a Rockefeller but I'm hearing that he was more a Rothschild, but it's one and the same almost because they intermarry so much. They do a lot of interbreeding. That's why their eyes are so close together and they're not very attractive. Extra rows of teeth on some I've heard. Uh, you know, it's just uh, it, it's a shit show of just cum swapping. It's nasty, dude. You don't want to get into it too much here. This is a family friendly show still for the time being. But I mean, like I was saying, dude, like the House of Morgan oversaw finance up until this time as like a quasi central bank. So think of like JP Morgan kind of doing this on his own dime. Um, he kind of bailed out the, the government a couple of times uh, in the past when we had like these weird crashes. Um, I think 1893 and 1907, uh, just before world war one, right? That was 1907 was like 10 years before 1917. Yeah. When did World War One start? 14 and then ended 14, in 17. 17, yeah, there you go. So, yeah, just a little bit before. And, you know, the the wars pulled the country out of depression. You know, every time World War Two did the same. We just could because the federal government, like through the New Deal and things like this, they just said, oh, we're going to fucking spend then right now, you know? Yeah, dude, I, I mean, that's just so hard to understand. Like the, a single guy or a single company bailing out. The fucking government of the United States, you know what I mean? It wasn't as as crazy then as as it is now, like with Warren Buffett doing it. Yeah. Well, um, but then again, that was just one bank. J.P. Morgan bailed out the country. Right. Uh, I mean, you, you note here that he is like essentially monopolizing the industries of insurance, banking, railroads in the United States and around the world. Is it not? Is it not better then that it's less one person? Uh, and more a, a more publicly recognized organization because obviously they're doing shady shit here. They're doing things that a lot of the things that we're, you're describing as shady shit, I would still call this is how business gets done because this is how business is getting done. You can just yeah. acknowledge it and say like, oh, but it's it's really fucking shitty how how these policies are being made and where the money is ultimately going to. But isn't it isn't it not better that at least it's out of one guy's hands? Right. Well, yeah, definitely out of one guy's hands. But I mean, it's just going to uh, when you got 10 or 20 people that are just thinking alike and they're kind of paid to do their job and to promote their agenda. It's essentially the same thing. It may make people feel a little more comfortable that it's out of this one greedy capitalist hands. Mm. But then it's just going into 10 people that think the exact same and are, uh, in my opinion, probably bribed pretty heavily maybe sometimes threatened to do what they're supposed to do. So I think it's all theater. You know, we get into a lawsuit later on that it's it's obvious theater when they set it up. But I mean, it, it'd be one thing too, um, like with JP Morgan doing the things that would benefit the country, his own country, but he was doing other things like in Egypt, uh, financing the, the Russian railways, uh, you know, funding Brazil and Argentina, which are major players in uh, agriculture today. So it could have kind of, Instead of making America independent, his actions possibly made it so that globalism was set on a, a certain path. So the Rothschilds took over banking after J.P. Morgan passed away. They kind of just like hijacked it. And there's this really solid theory started by this Fed researcher, Eustace Mullins, in 1952 that states that the Morgans were nothing but uh, Rothschild agents. And... Both may be true. He may be a Rockefeller. He may be a Rothschild. I'm not sure. Um, again, probably one and the same. What are your thoughts? Do you think that like the the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds are just the same shit, or do you think that they kind of battle up at the top like Game of Thrones kind of shit? Uh, closer to closer to the latter. Um, mm. They can be independent but swim in the same soup. 
Uh, this is getting into the questioning of bloodlines around uh, Jewish powerhouses that I'm I'm obviously a little bit critical of. But so I'm I'm interested to see where where you're going with this. Yeah. Well, yeah, and the Jewish powerhouse stuff is it, we really get into that with uh, with old yeah. uh, Schiff <laughs> I know. down here. Um, but yeah, no, his theory stems from the fact that in 1895. J.P. Morgan sold gold bonds to Europe in alliance with the House of the Rothschilds. So it's, again, solid theory. May have been doing a little bit of business with both families, um, but this helped the Rothschilds gain global control. As we knew, there was like, what, five sons. They talk about if you control the monetary supply, you control the people, and I control the monetary supply. I think that was Baron Rothschild that said that. Um, Big fan of his work. But, you know, it's just, it, it's shady, shady shit all around. Can't emphasize that. We should name the episode Shady Shit All Around. Um, but several Western states banned these bankers. Um, so, you know, this is, again, before the Fed kind of took hold. We're kind of going back in time a little bit. Um, but this populist preacher, William Jennings Bryan, was thrice the Democrat nominee for president in, uh, you know, from 1896 to 1908. And the central theme of his anti-imperialist campaign was that America was falling into a trap of financial servitude to the British capital. Broke away from Britain, trying to get back in, entangled with them. And realistically, we are. Um, you know, there's the, the common theory where, like, the, the world monarch is the Queen of England. Um, this is why that fine-ass Meghan Markle wanted Harry out of there. Um, you know, it, there's some corruption going on, man. And, and it seems... That England maybe was ready to get rid of the United States uh, on paper, but uh, just kind of do some shit from from you know behind the scenes and and still work together. Obviously, they're a huge huge asset to us, and we are to them too. But um, Teddy Roosevelt actually defeated Bryan in 1908. I believe that was the last time he ran, and uh, was forced to spread this populist wildfire to enact uh, the Sherman Antitrust Act. Not exactly sure what the Sherman, Sherman uh, Antitrust Act is, but it's not important, okay? What I'm getting into is that he went after the Standard Oil Trust, which was from Rockefeller, and the supposedly the Standard Oil Trust was funding the Nazis and the Allies during World War II. Um, basically, there was some kind of weird technology in his oil that the planes on both sides would only run on Standard Oil. It also conspired to get rid of the... Uh, the cart system in uh, San Francisco and make it so that more people had to buy cars and public transportation wasn't so much a thing, which we're going back on now. We're seeming to uh, try to get more into public transportation, ride sharing and all that shit. No, uh, money, so he's rolling in a in his grave right now. Money, money knows no sides. Right? Of course, dude. Well, yeah, I mean, if you know, if you're going to give me more money than something that I really believe in, then, you know, if you guys just want me to start talking about like Democrat stuff, <laughs> taking, I just need, a, I just need a million dollars. Okay. FBI or whoever's listening. Million dollars will get me to say that Biden is king. Okay, <laughs> just it's a small price for you guys to pay, and uh, with the twenty listeners that we have, we can really spread some influence. One of them has got one of them has got to be uh, kind of a mole here connected to these guys. So right. to that one listener, bring it on, guys. Let's go. Open funding call here. Million dollars in the bank, and Brandon probably only needs a little bit, but you can give him a million too, just so we can both be on the <laughs> I'll same pay, page. I'll pay you, motherfuckers. Right. <laughs> I'll pay you to. to yeah. No shit. Um, but no, uh, in all honesty, no, I, you know, I, I, I think that there is something to, to be said about like standing up for your beliefs and, uh, you know, we do have a couple more listeners in 20, right? What is it? 23? <laughs> that was a joke. 23? A gross underestimate. 26? <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, uh, you know, it's just, it's just crazy when you see the levels of corruption here. And then in 1912, the Puho hearings, uh, were held and addressing the uh, concentration of power on Wall Street. So this is, again, what I was saying. It's just theater, dude. Like, they're just kind of trying to act like they want to get power away from the Nazis. They want to get power away from Wall Street because they're giving too much to the, these two enemies of the people. When in reality, it's just business as usual, man. They get a little slap on the wrist. They continue. It's kind of like finding Facebook $100 million when they make that in like six hours. You yeah. know what I mean? So it, it's just a... It's just to show the people that, you know, we're on your side. We will get your back, even though, uh, you know, kind of look over here. We're doing this trial, and then, you know, they're just going to get right back to it uh, after after a couple days. I wonder if nudes ever got leaked back then. Of, nudes? Yeah, like, you know, like just recently, like Chris Evans, Captain America, his cock came out. Um, a, a few people, like, leaked nudes. Yeah. So 
anytime shit like that goes on, I always feel like it's a distraction. And it seems like they weren't creative enough to do distractions, so they did shit like this back then. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but like I was saying, dude, do you think this is the center of the new world order? Because you know, we at the diagram I showed you, no one knows what the center of it is. Yeah, that because I think the idea of the new world order is is can be quite vague. Um, and I think most commonly is thrown that way. Like a lot of people just talk about, as we called it, as I've called it before on this episode, just the people that swim in the same soup that make this, uh, big collective decisions about huge swaths of the world's population. Uh, we're about to talk in the the next episode about another, um, mechanism by which they, they do these, these, these terrible things. And it's got it. Like, if there is a new world or a uh, new world order, I'm not saying they're doing the things that you guys are saying, but this is absolutely them. This is, this is uh the Dutch India, uh, East India trading company, but, Good point. but much more, much, much more silent, uh, of a killer. Right. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, yeah, they're, well, I mean the dusty, uh, the, what is it? East Dutch India trading company or Dutch East India trading company. I think it's the Dutch. E- yeah, the Dutch Look at East us telling you history. East, Dutch East India Trading Company. Yeah. What? So, what was so evil about them, in your opinion? The it's evil again. I, I don't know about yeah, that. Well, yeah. But, so, but, what was but immoral? The, but monop- monopolies. Okay. Yeah. Monopolies, which I I don't even I don't even you call that immoral. Really, it's it's just you got to recognize what kind of power they held when they were like on every single goddamn continent at every major peer point they're like we're just going to set up shop here so that any business that you guys want to do you have to come to our prince and queen well dude i mean like monopolies are a weird thing man you know what i mean because if you play the game monopoly Mm. it's there's no stakes there but people get evil on their family members like they're like i'm gonna take your hotel monopoly was created by a uh uh, this model for rockefeller like a like well it was also like as a a marxist uh critique of the capitalist system really yeah yeah Interesting. I have a socialist monopoly up there too. If you ever want to play that. Oh yeah. What <laughs> do you get? Like bread? You have to like contribute to your community. So like the community chest is like something that you, when you get money, you have to like pay back into. And your goal is to like get rid of all your money. Essentially. Oh God, dude. I saw something that was millennial monopoly. And like, instead <laughs> yeah. of getting paid, you get like likes or you get traffic <laughs> yeah. to your Fra- sites. Frappuccinos. Dude. It's so, I mean, it's funny. It, and you know, who knows, dude, maybe our money system doesn't need to change. It's probably where digital currency comes in. I saw right now Bitcoin finally crossed 50,000. Um, dude, it's there's so much going on. And cryptocurrency is an attack on the Fed until they release FedCoin and just ban everything else. Um, I don't know, man. It, it's it's interesting, interesting stuff here. I'm just kind of running down this list of, of uh, the Fed. There's a great website for anyone out there that's interested called truthcontrol.com. And they have a really, really cool interactive guide that I'm just finding right now. I've cited the website before, but I didn't realize they had an, a, the same guide uh, on the Federal Reserve specifically as they do with the New, New World Order. I wish I would have looked at this before the episode. <laughs> but um, just tons of stuff, man. Talk about Morgan. Talk about uh, Jackson's assassination attempt. Um, they they kind of break down everything that you would want to know. And they call it an idiot's guide to the Federal Reserve scam. Um, really cool stuff on there, but even from the Marxist side too, there's the, uh, four horsemen of the apocalypse documentary on YouTube where people like, you know, Richard Wolf, you know, one of the few you know, heavy hitting, uh, Marxists are, are, are attacking kind of the same companies, but for different reasons too. So this is, this is a bipartisan effort listeners. You know, there's no such thing as a heavy hitting Marxist. <laughs> what? <laughs> He's the heaviest hitting Marxist. How about that? If it's all relative to you. <laughs> okay. Well, no. So in in uh, back to back to the serious serious face on with with Jacob Schiff, this shifty fuck. Okay, this guy, great 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 grandpa of Adam Schiff, allegedly. Okay, this guy uh, may be the financial power behind Zionism. Uh, he was Jewish. Oh boy. Right. Yeah. This is going to be a fun one. So I am not anti-Semitic, but this is just, you know, the allegations. I didn't make this shit up. Okay. I read it. Just reporting. You're the messenger. I read it on a website that had a lot of cookies. So it's maybe true. Maybe not. (laughs) What, what I was finding though, was that Jacob Schiff, uh, was the financial power behind Zionism, but also the, uh, financial power behind Bolshevism. So these are opposing ideas, right? Uh, kind of like how, uh, Rockefeller was accused, credibly, of funding 
Nazis and funding the Allies. So same shit. History repeats itself. Blah, blah, blah. His family shared quarters with the Rothschilds in Frankfurt's Jewish quarters during the 1700s. So again, these people are hanging out. They're banging each other's wives and sisters. Uh, maybe maybe tapping into the maids a little bit and just having a good time and kind of showing their character, showing that they can do business and that they can keep a secret. Raping? Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, he came to the U.S. back in uh, 1865, and from 1880 to 1920 when he died was known as the Schiff era. And as I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, he ran the Kuhn Loeb firm, which made money off high-interest loans, but, check this out, gave... Chosen Jews, in quotes, in my notes here, gave chosen Jews interest-free loans under the Hebrew Free Loan Society, which still exists today. You can go to the Hebrew Free Loan Society, pretend you're Jewish, and get a free loan on a car or some latkes or something, right? You can have some fun, uh, some potato pancakes, some kefelta fish. You can do whatever you want with the free loan, um, but you got to pretend that you're Jewish. And the thing is, it's like certain types of Jews, it's Sephardic Jews that they're big fans of. Every other Jew, according to them, again, is a fake Jew. I'm not saying this, but I am saying it because I'm reading it. Okay, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I don't side with it. But you, you, you're critical of Israel and of, of Judaism in a way. Right? Uh, a, a little, like how they operate with with like the uh, Pakistani. A, a little bit. I mean, I'm a, I'm a two stater, but uh, sure. Uh, but but you got to acknowledge the aggression on both sides. I would say. Well, yeah, well, yeah, definitely. I'm not saying that these people walk on water. And then um, I, I heard recently, too, that Israel is saying that they are going to uh, break ties with us if we keep partnering up with, I think it was Iran or somebody. Um, Biden's getting real cozy with Iran over there, which is uh, not good because Israel doesn't fuck around. Uh, however, I think they need us more than we need them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think they're going anywhere. Yeah, well, we'll see. And, and we are going anywhere either. We, we are... I, I, I think we we take them for granted, and be, just because uh, both sides, well, I'll 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 take it this way, because there is a, a thorough strain of anti-Semitism on the left, um, both sides, and in policy, the left, the leftists a little bit more, are at, taking them for granted at least because they are just there are anti-Saudi Arabia, you know, there are our anti-Iran at the point. It's, it, yeah. it, it does come down to which topic you're talking about. I mean, I, I, I don't think, I don't know if any of our listeners, I'd be very interested. You celebrate Hanukkah? No. Then you're racist. I dude. fucking love latkes, though. <laughs> I've make, never I'm had I'm having some matzo ball soup any, <laughs> any goddamn day of the day. But, but I don't know how, I would love to know how many of our listeners actually would think that the things that Israel is doing in the, you know, is the in, Gaza Strip and shit? No, with, with building more settlements. Oh, uh, on the Golan Heights here. If that's even something that any anybody agrees with, I mean, I, I, I it's such a weird who, the, who the fuck except for the religious zealots and the, the the Jesus freaks who just want them to be there so that Jesus can come back one day. Uh, I, yeah, people I, need to stop waiting for Jesus to come back, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm a I'm a fan of the idea, and I think that it's great to believe in something. But um, I mean, dude, it's a it's a bad reason to establish uh, a country. Uh, like the, the and what, kill people, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah, but but now that it's there, let's make two states. You guys should fucking get along. Y'all look look alike, anyways. Yeah, that's that's uh progressive for you there. But you know, back to back to this whole uh, Jacob Schiff guy. He was the first mega mogul of uh, Jewish true descent, and they merged with the Gore family through uh, Karina Gore Schiff. Big fan of the Gore family, uh, and yes, this is Al Gore's daughter. Um, married the great great grandson of Jacob Schiff, and this is where we get into some muddy water here. So don't blame me for the things that I've researched. Uh, I don't agree with all of this, but I found it very interesting. So, the Sephardic Jews are the sect of Jew that is accused of running the world. Okay, and their undertakings may have spurred hatred for Hasidic, Orthodox, and other Jewish people, according to the Sephardics. These are fake Jews, not me. I am not Sephardic, but every Jew that's not Sephardic Jew, according to them, is a fake Jew. Um, all of these powerful Sephardic banking families of the Middle Ages, including the Rothschilds and all these others, um, they migrated to Germany and reinvented themselves under new identities and later moved to America. And, um, you know, it's also interesting that kind of, you know, they're accused of starting all significant wars in history, including both world wars. So, I mean, what do you think so far? So you, you're, I think you're not, you're framing it in the way of some inter-Jewish fighting. 
Um, I think that that rationality, wherever it comes from, and there are some bad people like saying these, uh, this is around the time where John Hopkins is yeah. like screwing around with, uh, uh, what's Frogs. it called? No, no, no. What, what, what is it called? It's like forced steriliz- sterilization. Sure. Those kinds of things. Uh, they've changed, they've changed since then, but yeah, it, it is, it's, it's, uh, what is it? Ethnic power power grabbing to a certain extent that thing that kind of thing happens all the time we need to be able to face it look at it in the face when it happens because i think there's a bigger concentration of jews in like ethiopia than anywhere else in the world it's yeah, just there's all that, kinds of jewish people yeah and they're whoever is claiming that there are those uh well because there are ge- geographic differences between between them but not genealogical um and it's it's all based on this like your your mom's got to be a your mom's got to be a Jew too. That's one of the the main things yeah, that, dude, that I think a whole bunch of the Anas what is it Anasazi something like that. The Indians? No, the Anasazi Jews. No, no, not those are Indians. Anasazi. Oh, shit, what am I? Hasidic. Kind of, just one of the one of the <laughs> dude. Imagine just like the hearing the conversation between like a, a, a Sephardic Jew or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And like they're like, well, you can't marry Mortimer. He's not a real Jew. You know, like they're like freaking out about shit. Dude. Yeah. So that and any kind of any reason to chop people up into into finer groups is is just a bullshit one. Uh, I would just tread lightly when we're talking because a lot of the times these things don't matter. Like what we're talking about, we're just throwing out out theories. But there's 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 Real dangers because this is this is the way that shit started rumbling around in the 1930s. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I get what you're saying there, but no, I mean you know these the, this sect of Jew, the Sephardics, um, they laundered money through like the Rockefellers, the Harrimans, the Bushes, which is interesting. Supposedly they're of some sort of Jewish descent. Don't shoot me. I'm just saying this. Um, you know, it, it's less obvious uh, that the Sephardic Jew family uh, Jew families also created Hitler. And then push for the genocide of non-Sephardic Jews. So when people say that Jews were behind World War II and behind Hitler, um, you know, there's that theory that that the Rothschilds uh, kind of gave birth, or uh, who was it, Baron Rothschild, or no, it was Solomon Rothschild that uh, fucked uh, Maria Anna Schickelgruber or whatever. Mm. And remember that was Hitler's wife, true. F- no, no, not wife. It was his no, mom. Mom, yeah, that's right. Same thing to those guys, probably. But I mean, like you know, so when you say like Hitler's a Rothschild, and you're saying Hitler was a Jew, it would be he would be a Sephardic Jew, according to this theory. You know, I can't stress that enough because right. I know that this is some shady shit to say, and it's sad and it's kind of mean. Um, well, but- it's, it's also it's also I mean, you can you can be right if you say like members of this sect of Judaism were passing around money. Uh, of yeah, that, yeah, of, of that type. Not the people as a whole, but like the. Yeah. So that's the point, though, of this research I was doing was that the Sephardic Jews were like widely elite, right? Like most of the Sephardic Jews were elite, and they wanted to exterminate all the other groups of Jews that they called by their own words fake Jews. Um, obviously, a completely fucked up thing to do. Um, but this is just a theory. This is a, a theory that I was doing some heavy research on, and it 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 somewhat holds up. Um, I'm not again. I'm not agree with it, but yeah, Johns Hopkins acknowledges even that 90% of Jews are quote fake Jews, and the idea here is that most Jews are a uh, racial combination of Eastern Europeans and Turks from the eighth century kingdom called Khazaria, which I've never heard of, um, that took on the Jewish religion kind of as like a cloaking device. Um, Shape shifting is that something that they did? <laughs> Jesus Christ, man! Um, but no, so Khazaria was a uh, was later crushed by Mongol hordes, just like everyone else back then. And uh, its population bled uh, into the regions of Europe where most Jews find their roots, which is like Ukraine, Poland, and things like this. So go tell your Jewish friends they're capping. You know what I mean? Tell them to, tell them to be Sephardics, I guess. And that's a joke. But no, you know, it, like when you talk about stuff like this, it, it gets so awkward. And it's like it's it's just kind of with the persecution that's gone on since the beginning of time. Of course, and then the 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 regular. This is where we get into like it doesn't it, it you 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 start to feel icky about even if it's the content of what you're saying, even if it's true, it it feels wrong because you're you're talking in in in, in we are talking in broad generalizations, and the way the gen, the types of generalizations that people in our community, to be honest, are, are using are the same kinds that the real, like the real David Dukes of the world are talking about those kinds of things. Yeah. So there's the, there, one of the, one of the trends is uh, blaming the victim, right? That, that happens yeah. a lot. That's the root of, uh, of the, the whole, 
um, what is it? Uh, the the concentration camps never happened. Yeah, kind of kind of thing. So yeah, you gotta yeah, got, and you can, you guys can hear it in our voice. I hope like we're not talking about that kind of stuff. We are talking about particular families uh, doing doing things with. At least we're able to claim they have this kind of money, right? Well, and and, then, you, and at least we're able to claim that they swim in the same kinds of soup as I would argue should be expected. And I kind of, like I'm. As the globalists, right, like I kind of think like this is how we get money to poor people in Africa. It looks a lot like exploiting and to a certain extent it is, but this is how they get better paying jobs, you know. So it's not it's not it's not even if it went down like this, you know, aside from the the whole kerfuffle in in Germany, you've got you've got to move around money to a certain extent. And and, and Atlanticism is something that we can we we still can defend to a certain extent it is an overarching it has been overarched by you know policies and treaties like the, like nato uh yeah. like the uh, the european union came after came after that a little bit too moving but, around money is one thing but giving like hundreds of millions of dollars to middle eastern countries for gender study is not really the right direction you know well, what I mean? Some people would say that. That that is the that is where it comes down to. And those would be the smart people that say that because <laughs> what is gender study going to really do, other than uh, it's money laundering scheme, dude? It's clear those people don't give a fuck about gay people. They disrespect. But females. I think that this is an effort to try to get them at least interested in it. I don't know. It's literally like giving a criminal a bunch of money and saying like, here, just be a good guy. They're going to take that money and just enhance their crime. Well, you you can you can stipulate certain things and then through. Ultimately, another arm of the international force, the Hague, you can uh, hold people to account for misusing that money that's meant to study ge- uh, genders. But this is, to. but this is, but this is how you get people out of hijabs, as far as I see. You know? Yeah, I think that that's part of their religion, though. So unless you're going to go in there and like ethnically cleanse and, and like religiously cleanse or whatever, religions are ideas. We can change ideas. I, I think we can change ideas before. But is that before... moral to change someone's religion? Just because of like a money situation or something, you know what I mean? Like obviously, like religion well, is it's, it's very not just important. for money; it's for also just for getting women out of hijabs. Well, maybe they like wearing them. No, oh, they 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 might. There are cultures that do all kinds of things, but that doesn't. We 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 can say at some point, and I think should. Um, and this is a little bit like of a Western centric idea, but we have this landscape of what is what is morally good and what is morally yeah. less beneficial for the world, and on a spectrum. Putting people in, in, in hijabs and not letting them drive is pretty fucking far down. Well, on let's that get level, the women you know? out of hijabs and let's put masks on all the Americans. How's that? Because that's exactly what's going on. The mask <laughs> is the American hijab right now. Okay. So where did the shape shifting thing come from? Um, it actually, dude, it came from like Martin Luther, uh, the uh, the founder of the Protestant religion. He's he had a um, he had a book called like. The hate of the Jews, and or he something said like that they shape shifted. Yeah, yeah, no, because this is around the time where, dude, they don't have any idea of like met, they're thinking about the human body in different ways. They're thinking of the origins of sicknesses in in a whole bunch of like ethereal ways, like it has something to do with the tainting of one's soul huh. and the fact that you know they can call themselves Jews, but then kill to Christians the most important Jew ever, Jesus. That just demonstrates that they can be so. They can be so so shifty, and they'll turn on whatever <laughs> whatever whatever their idea is. It's a nasty, terrible fucking thought, and, a, and interesting. And when when that is why our voices get the way that they do when we rightfully so when we start talking about that because this is this is coming from people who are have historically like led to the uh, the disenfranchisement and, and persecution of the Jews for fucking thousands Ever. of years now. Yeah, Egypt is they, as far they back as they just keep fucking losing because people keep uh, turning bullying, on them. bullying up on them. And it's you. It, it's conversations, honestly, not like this, but people w- with groups from our community talking to actual uh, uh, Jewish historians, really taking in the real evidence, I would say, that can keep that knife sharp and divide the line between anti-Semitism and just realize yeah. that there are some rich Jewish people and, well, yeah, they, I mean- and they contribute to... They contribute to the, the way that our financial system is. It's a lot waspier, as far as I'm concerned. Well, right Jewish here. people are very good with money. That's the problem. Like that's why, like all <laughs> that's the what mafia... Trump fucking said. Remember that meeting? He was like, "I don't know why I'm here talking about mon- monetary policy with you, let's you get, guys." Let's get Jared. Oh yeah, you, you, get Jared Kushner you, you in here. No, uh, it was hook nose motherfuckers. But um, it, <laughs> no. In all honesty, dude, I think that we are kind of contributing to the hopefully the lack of, or the uh, 
uh, absence or, or getting rid of anti-Semitism in a way, because I didn't know about this, the Sephardic Jews and how they thought that they're like the superior Jew. And even John Hopkins acknowledges this. I mean, a lot of people take what Johns Hopkins says very seriously. So if we have any Jewish listeners left, I wanted to get into some fun facts here at the end. Uh, did you have any comments? It looked like you had something on the tip of your tongue there. No, just know that the second half of this conversation made my stomach queeze with my uh, safety space here. But, okay, but well, <laughs> you know, I think you'll be all right. Um, you know, we got... My t- my stomach squirmed. Did I say squeeze? Oh, whatever. It, maybe your stomach's shape-shifting in there. <laughs> just to do a... That's a callback. Uh, but no, so... Uh, again, if we have any Jewish listeners left, you know, this is all just, you know, I'm kind of trying to educate myself on this stuff, and it's it's fascinating to so, me. So how, get, reach, out, uh, reach out to us, please. Well, yeah, definitely. And then there's... there's All groups of religions think, like, there's different Christians that, that fight, and that they think, like, this this group oh, of yeah, Christians no, no, no. is horrible. The, 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 bigger, the bigger brunt of, of the world systems that we have are wasps. And it's just a touchier it's, subject with the anti-Semitism shit. Because, you know? they, because they get fucked up so often. Yeah, well, and they have forever, yeah. I mean, right now, it's kind of different. Jewish Americans are, are doing very well as a whole um doesn't mean that it, it justifies fucking with them at all but um and it doesn't it doesn't make up for the past kind of like slavery white people shouldn't be held responsible for the slavery get that through your head blm but no so 500 dollar bill you know that there's such a thing there still is such a thing really? uh 500 bill there was two different versions dude these are the fun facts the factoids at the end of the episode here uh, in 1918, John James Marshall, his longest-serving chief justice, was on the blue seal of the $500 bill. And then in uh, 1928, William McKinley was on the green seal. You kind of see this pattern with these old uh, high-denominational bills. $1,000 uh, bill, 1918, had Alexander Hamilton on the blue seal, um, which, you know, he really helped fight to get the Fed, the first Fed, in action, the first central bank. And then on the uh, green seal, Grover Cleveland, uh, only president to serve two non-consecutive terms. So that's a fun one for you guys. $5,000 bill, James Madison, fourth president of the United States. There's only 342 in circulation, and they're worth about $20,000 if you can get your hands on one. So you can trade a $5,000 bill for $20,000. Uh, and then uh, the last one here is a $10,000 bill with Sam and P. Chase, Lincoln's secretary of treasury, and there's only 350 And get this, dude, ten thousand. or I'm sorry, 100000 bucks. For a $10,000 bill, if you got one. There's only good, 350 though. That's so. a good exchange rate between imaginary uh, pieces of paper that are, that are well, worth imaginary amounts. Technically, if you took a, a, a $10,000 bill to a store to pay for some gum, you would need $999 yeah, yeah. or $9,999 back. You know yeah. what I mean? So they are still legal tender. They're treated as such, but uh, they're all in like museums and collectors and shit like that. But I just kind of found that interesting. Yeah. It, it kind of reminds me of like Monopoly money. It kind of really just drives the point home that our dollar is nothing. And, uh, you know, we need to get back on some sort of standard with this shit. But let's wrap this shit up. It's gone long. We're going to watch this Trump interview with Sean Hannity. And, uh, I mean, what we got uh, the Patreon. It's rocking. We're doing some good stuff on there. Talking about cryptocurrency shape-shifting and things like that you know that's the- <laughs> less of less of the latter no no, no lots of the the uh the, the cryptocurrency stuff has been has been really really fun to get into we're just now it's interesting starting to get into the meat uh we still have our um what is it um blockchains to talk about which is yeah as i've uh, mentioned before on the patreon like the thing that is it's the most this- complicated part of it it is and it's also the thing that has made it the most intrusions into mainstream finances like so we're already yeah. we're already on that system to a certain extent the big no players way. the big it's kind of like are, a database yeah. but it's three-dimensional instead of taking like a line by line you're taking chunks of data and plugging it in it keeps a record of all the transactions and so on we'll get deeper into it on the patreon there's that there's the more kinds of media that we're coming up with right we have a couple like uh just trying to make just trying to be, become like a a, a video and audio uh, uh, hub, I think. I mean, and we're toying around with the ideas, and the uh, the the Patreon is the the thing that kind of lets us be. That's that's our our, our experimental ground. Um, yeah, the money that we get from that, we just put back into the show, and um, the, we'll we'll eventually do a video show. Um, once we get more listeners, we need more than twenty listeners to do a video show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll we'll just get up there, and we'll, you know, we'll do more things. So share the show with your friends. Um, Facebook, Instagram, anywhere, anywhere. Just, you know, tag people. If you have Apple podcasts, I'm sure you can do it on Spotify. Just send an episode to, you know, five or or 10 friends or whatever you feel like you can do. Um, That's honestly the biggest way you can help us other than subscribing to the Patreon at Dangerous World on Patreon. Um, Dangerous World Pod on Instagram, Facebook, Gmail, all that stuff, Brandon. Uh, So Facebook page, Facebook group, just Dangerous World Podcast. 
The Gmail is uh, dangerousworldpodcast at gmail.com. Pretty easy to remember. We love we love hearing you, uh, from you guys. Uh, we try to get back to you as soon as possible, and we guarantee that it's just us you guys are talking to. So uh, so get close to the to the show. We need to do another listeners uh, uh, listener like call in uh, episode. I feel like that. So yeah. maybe we start wrap uh, ring you know. Racking up some people who, uh, yeah, now that we have the technology to do, to do it better, we just did it with a phone back in the day. That was one of yeah. our early episodes. Um, come a long way since then. So, thank you all for the support and the uh, just continued love. All the information that you guys sent us on Instagram is awesome, it really helps us with the show. And uh, if you want to be a guest, just hit us up. You know, if you got something interesting to share, we're always down. Um, but thank you guys for listening to this. Um, we love our Jewish listeners, we love our regular listeners as well. Okay. <laughs> Uh, So take care, you guys. All the normal ones. (laughs) All right, take care, everyone. Have a good night. (laughs) Bye.